Hello, can you hear the brush chopping? I think it's about 6 a.m. in the morning when I'm recording this. Hello, so welcome to today's episode of the podcast. Uh, and it has been an interesting journey so far. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've had a change of heart. I hope you've made decisions. And I hope the visions of God are getting clearer to you. Oh, and today we are going to be talking about verse 9 of John chapter 15, verse, John chapter 15 rather. And we are, we are digging deep into the words of Jesus. We are drawing out life from it. And uh, this, this, this episodes and this season are going around the world. They are changing lives and their messages will get back to and preach in different dimensions over the years. John 59, and connecting from our last episode, I mentioned the central thought, which is going to be the thread for the rest of this this season, and that is selflessness. So Jesus begins the conversation on selflessness, and it he did, didn't bring it out so clearly, but you have to look at it well and see it because if you don't see it that way, you you can't get it. I remembered once after a session of prayer, the Lord said to me, He said. The hands, so, so it's not that the Lord said fast, <laughs> so we have to, so, but I, I had an interpretation of tongues, and my, my, the interpretation of what I prayed in tongues was, it is the hands of selflessness that can need the dough of the blessing. So imagine the blessing is like a dough of bread, and you want to knead it to make bread of, or cake, or whatever, but the, the Holy Ghost taught me that day and said, it is only the hands of selflessness that can need the dough of the blessing. So if your hands are no hands of selflessness, you can't make anything out of the blessing. It takes a selfless hand, a selfless heart to be able to multiply the blessing and be fruitful with it and have dominion with it. So there are several people, every Christian actually is blessed with the blessing of Abraham. We all, we all have the blessing of Abraham and us. That is why Christ said that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles by faith that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. That is why he came. That is why he died. That is why he shed his blood. That the works of the enemy might be destroyed. That the Holy Ghost might take his residence on the inside of us. So, but if we are not walking in selflessness, and we are going to see what that selflessness is today, we can't operationalize the blessing. So you see a lot of Christians, even though they are serving God, they are praying, they are sowing seeds, they are not selfless. They are not. And selflessness is not that you give your whole body to be born because you can do all that and still not walk in love. That's what the Bible tells us. So we really need to examine our heart and know what are the, 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 the demands of fruitfulness in the kingdom. So Jesus, after talking about being a true disciple, he goes on in verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Now, this season we are going to be talking about manifested fruitfulness. So we have laid the foundation in the last season. And Jesus is saying that how the Father has loved me. He said what? So have I loved you. Continue in my love. Now, how did the Father love Jesus? Come on now. This is going to, it's going to, it's going to mark your mind. The Bible says Jesus himself told us how the Father loved him. 
He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How did the father love the son? The father loved him enough to put him to grief and send him to die on the cross of Calvary that he may redeem the world back to God. That was the extent of the father. The father loved Jesus enough to see to it that he died to save the world. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus is the only begotten son of the father and the extent, the height of that love such is there. Hmm. Hmm. And Jesus is now saying, it is that same dimension of love that I'm passing across to you Continuing the dimension of love. The love that drives you to die and lay down your life to see others come to the Father. Now listen, listen. I want to also keep these things in perspective. You see, God is raising a new generation of Christians who are not just into social, corporate social responsibility and sharing clothing materials and sharing food stuff to people without an interest in their soul, a genuine interest. It's not, we're not doing PR here. We're not saying we want to snap the goods we're giving to the poor and putting it on Facebook so that they will not criticize us as prosperity preachers so that they will know that we are taking the money of the church and giving it to the poor. No, 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 no. We are not doing reputation management. No, no. We are talking about we are laying down our life, our materials, that the world might be restored to God, not to redeem our image, not to, not for politically correct reasons, not to manage our reputation with the press, not to reduce the level of persecution upon us so that they will not see. Even the Bible teaches us in Matthew 6, that when your right hand is doing something, your left hand should not do. I, I take that as a major training from from my elder in the faith i learned that from him it was it was it was a serious lesson he taught us growing up especially growing up in covenant christian center i i i i have to mention that not necessarily but i love my i love him he's my pastor forever so and so it's something he trained us with it's something he taught us with that when your right hand is doing something your left hand doesn't let the world know and it's something that we took, I as a person, imbibed it. So, so as children of God, when, when Jesus said, so when we are now talking about this love, a selfless love, a self-giving love, so a love that is, that is given to the poor and using it in publicizing, that is not a selfless love because you are gaining something from it. So Jesus is saying, that for fruitfulness to be, and that is why you see, many a times we sow to the poor, but we don't get the reward that is accorded us from the Father. The rewards we are getting are from other things, not necessarily from our giving, because there are ulterior motives to them. So God is merciful in other areas, is helping us quote and unquote patch things up, but the rewards that is supposed to be coming from giving is not coming because giving is an exercise that causes all grace so regardless of what you give so far you are giving something it is the it is the provoker let me use the word the evoker 
of the all grace manifestation. So giving can evoke the grace of healing, evoke the grace of prosperity, evoke the grace of favor, evoke the grace. I'm telling you, because the Bible says when you sow, God will cause all grace, regardless of what you sow. So if you are a sower, you are supposed to be having all grace at work. Grace of healing your children are not supposed to be falling sick here and here. No, 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 no. Grace, all grace. Your car is not supposed to be to be getting broke every no 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 all grace all grace all grace all grace tsunami is not supposed to be coming and pulling your house down no 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 the tornado is supposed to circle your house and go go over it and not bring it down no yeah so all grace so now jesus is saying as the father has loved me so have i loved you continue you in my love so this is the crux the meat of a fruitful life it is founded on extending the same fatherly love of god on jesus through us to the world love is the center is the possessor of the heart of a person who will be fruitful and that love is a love that leads you to the point of giving your life and laying your life down for others because that is the statutory requirement as the father has loved me the father loved me enough to see to me that i die and put me to grief then that same love is what is at work on you that the father will demand of you to die death is in this process paul in his letters told us i die daily then he told us that death walks in me that life might walk in you. So, the level of fruitfulness we saw in the life of Paul was because he was dying based on the requirement of the Father's love that has been extended through him. So, this man was dying. He wrote about two-thirds or half of the New Testament. It was a level of death that was able to help him accomplish that. He traveled throughout the known world, Asia Minor then, and preached the gospel in every way it has not been named before. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. But it was because he was regularly in the place of death. He was, he was dying. And he listed some of those experiences of death. He said, I was shipwrecked in fastings. Then fasting is different from hunger. He stated them experience. He said, in fastings, in hunger, in sleeplessness. I spent a night and a day in the sea, beaten with rods 39 times, thrice left for dead. And look at the level. Now, we still preach from Paul's letters today and we we'll still always preach from it till Jesus comes. But look at that man died daily. He said, I die daily. He said that. He said, even the cares of the church rest upon me. He said, I die daily. So now, so you covet fruitfulness which is very important the bible tells us that we should covet earnestly the best gift we should covet fruitfulness we should covet profiting with that for other people's life but at the root of that is love and that love leads to death because the father loves the son enough to put him to death to put him to grief to make his soul an offering for sin so are you ready to die so this is the first things that we want to now clear up. You want to be fruitful. Fruitfulness and practicality 
demands death and this death comes in different places the major ideology and the practice of this death is that you are always sacrificing the cravings of your flesh and the desires of your flesh probably legitimate to fund the desires of god you are always going against your comfort your selfish comfort to fulfill the mandate of god not just to serve other people no 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 to fulfill the desires of god in the service of men god must not be taken out of the equation or else you are nothing more than a celebrity who is who is who is proclaiming for abortion and yet pouring our funds to fall to 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 some african nations that, that is not you are not connected to divine that way you are not connected to divine these things have to be said so you walk in the love that leads you to death and that is how you become fruitful in john chapter 12 verse 24 jesus explains the process of this death he said unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies he says it abides alone he said but when it dies it will bring forth much fruit so you see the process of fruitfulness begins with death and continues with death you remain a living sacrifice for your life to constantly be able to be a reasonable service unto the father where you are always experiencing the good acceptable and perfect will of god in every area of your life death must be going on you must be presenting your body as a living sacrifice so what are your own personal goals your your career goals your admiration your goals by text it has to be this way now none of those things are bad in themselves but they are bad when they are not in tandem with god's will and god is now saying you see your ambitions your goal they are nothing compared to what i want to to bring through your life so your ambition your goals need to die for my own to come alive or else you remain alone you can't be fruitful on my terms so in this journey for fruitfulness you need to embrace death jesus said if any man will come after me let him deny himself pick up his cross and follow me death to self death to ambition death to your personal desires death to sin death to the works of the flesh death to the cravings of the flesh death to your personal comfort death to your personal goals death to the to the desires of who you like that you want to date a particular kind of woman and the father is saying no you have to die the two of you love each other so much but the father is saying you have to die because the kind of person i have in store for you is not this particular person they don't fit into my plan for your life they fit into my plan for somebody else's life you guys are not meant for each other yeah 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 that means to sit in in somebody's heart you have to die you have to die you have to let them go they are not in my plans for you or else you will not be fruitful so begin to think what needs to die and the truth is god will name his price yeah destiny will name his price it will come you will see the price you will just choose whether to pay it or not but it will call, it will name its price. Now you don't name that price. You don't say this is what I'm going to do. No, 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 no. 
We won't trust you to name the price. The Father is going to ask you for it. And then you will receive the grace to lay it down. So have you planned that you are going to, to relocate and go and start? No. And the Father is saying, stay behind. Or you are planning to stay behind and the Father is saying, I want you to relocate. Come on now. These things are not cast in stone. They are not. They are, they are like the Spirit. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, it says, the wind blows where it wishes. We don't know where it's going and we don't know where it's coming from. It says, so is the way of the Spirit. So is everyone born of a soul. It's not cast in stone. Something may be pleasurable to you and the Father says, no. That is not what I want for you. And there's something may be pleasurable to you and the Father says, yes, that is what I want. It's not cast in stone. So, are you ready to die? You must be ready to embrace death. Fruitfulness will require for you, just like a seed, to be buried in the ground, to rot, to die, so that new life can flow out of you. And you become the blessing that you have always desired, a royal diadem in the hands of God. It's as simple as it is. Death gives birth to fruitfulness. And that death is the death of love. The Father will put you to death out of love. It's not out of hatred, no. God loves Jesus. He's his only begotten son. And he makes his soul an offering for that. And for example, a human being did that too. And that was what made God obliged and said, okay, I've always had this in mind. Now I found a man who have demonstrated to me that he's going to represent his, his generations. And that was Abraham. God has always said, I'm going to redeem him, but let man also sign a covenant and a pact with me. And God gave Abraham a child. And he said, go and put him to death for me. Come on now. And Abraham rose up. So if you think you can't do it, if you think it's too difficult, remember Abraham. He was a man like you. He waited for 90 years, 100 years actually. To have a son. And when he finally has the son. The father says. Go and put him to death. Offer him as a sacrifice for me. Come on. And the man saddled his donkey in the morning. And he went onto the mount. And was ready to, to slaughter that boy. As a sacrifice. And the father. Told him and said. You have, you have pleased me. For this reason in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying I will multiply you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. You see fruitfulness there. The covenant, the blessings of Abraham works on the basis of death, sacrifice, letting go, surrendering your life in the service of God's intentions in the life of other people, in the life of a generation. Sacrificing your sleep, your money, your food, your relationship, your father, your mother, your homeland, your tithes. Abraham died several times. He died when he left his father's house and his mother's land to a place where God will show him. He died when he had to believe God. He died when he had to send Ishmael out of his house. He died when he had to put uh, Isaac on, 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 on the altar. He died when he had to tell uh, Lot to take whatever he wants out of the land. And then God rewarded him with a promise. So you are the seed of Abraham. You must embrace a death process. And above all, Jesus, our elder brother, showed us the way. 
He laid down his life and he's telling us here, he said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. He said, pass it on, continue with my love. So, today is a call to death. And death is love, actually. Love is death. Death is love. So how much do you love the intentions of God for mankind? It shows to the level of the degree that you want to die. You want to get spent serving that intentions on the surface of the earth. And that is how fruitfulness comes. Don't be scared. I hope this has blessed you. I encourage you after listening to this, you go into a corner or find a place to pray. And ask the Father, help me die well. Help me die and help me stay dead. Help me remain a living sacrifice. Help me die daily. Help death be at work in me so that life can flow through me to the people, just like Paul. If you accomplish anything great for God, death must be at work in you. That life can flow out of you. I hope this has blessed you. And I pray the Holy Ghost will expand this thought in your mind and make you a blessing to your world. Thank you so much for listening and sharing with your friends and family as we push the frontiers of the gospel together. And God bless you so much. Till next time. Joel Ashok.